book is my all, sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced the living water changes everything one life at a time. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give us spiritual ears to hear. God, I pray that you would move in us and transform and change us. That you would have your will in us, your church. Lord, you have called us to such a time as this. Lord, may we call on you and ask for your power to move in us and through us. Not for our own glory or the glory of an organization, but for your name, Jesus. That the name of Jesus will be held in high honor and lifted up. God, we pray. We pray for a transformational change to happen in your church, to happen outside the walls of your church. God, let us hear today with spiritual ears, and may we respond to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This heart of mine is burning this morning. So if I am a little more excited or a little more intense than normal, I've been explaining that this series has taken a turn as I have studied and laid before God that I did not think it would take. We are addressing the practical issues of why people don't come and do church. But as the Lord continues to encourage us of why, He also wants to do a work in you and I. And I will even say, unless we allow the Spirit of God to do a work in you and I, it will never make a difference out in our world. Because you and I are God's plan to reach Clark County. There is no plan B. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to tie that or I will fall. There is no plan B. So as we look at these this morning, as we talk about the third reason, we talk about the empty chair. Look around you. The empty chairs represent peoples whose lives have not yet encountered the transformational power of God. Somehow, and please understand, that all of these people are not necessarily absolutely destitute, uh, without money, on drugs. A lot of them are well-meaning, well-positioned, financially stable people that still need the transformational power of God. They still need a reason for living. 
They still need a purpose other than banking their money into their banking account, retiring, and enjoying this life. They indeed need a retirement that's out of this world. And so as we talk about these continued reasons, number three, we're going to talk about love sleeping on Sundays. How many of you would say, amen? You know, we can be cynical and we can be hard. We can be harsh, but I don't think that's going to change anything. The fact is, is that the world today has pushed and pressured people like never before to burn the candle at all ends. No wonder we want to sleep. In fact, I remember the scripture that says also that in tumultuous times, you will wake and say, oh, if it was only evening, and in the evening you will say, oh, if it was only morning. Because of the sin and the tumultuous times. We live in a very tumultuous world and a tumultuous time in our country. And it can cause us to just be in such constant turmoil and this pressure of burning the candle at both ends that truly we can get to the point where we just say, I just want to sleep. I think we all can relate to that. So we've talked about the seven reasons. And the first one, the church makes me nervous. I don't belong. We talked about the practical aspect of understanding that we just need to get out and get into the community. And in fact, if we are not connecting and we aren't being purposeful to interact with people that have not received Jesus yet, they are going to be nervous about who we are. And by the way, they don't need religion. They need genuine presentation of who Jesus is. And then number two, we talked about football on Sunday. <laughs> and we talked about the fact that if people love football, what are some of the reasons that they love football? And we talked about some of the hardest things for us to do sometimes as the church is celebrate. Celebrate the short gain yardage. And I hope that we are going to start doing that more. Start celebrating with your neighbor, with your friends. Start wondering. Start calling them and say, hey, I've been praying. Have you gained any yardage on this? Celebrate the small things. Don't miss it. If we don't give them a reason to be here, if you aren't excited about Jesus, why wouldn't they stay home and watch football? In fact, truly, we've got to give them a reason for wanting to be here. Number three, I love sleeping on Sundays. It's my lazy day. I get that. So as we look at the scripture and I sat and I prayed before God, I said, God, what are we going to do? And the Lord very clearly laid out a passage of Scripture in His Word. Let's look as we look at Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10.
Ezekiel is really just about in the center of your Bible. If you open it up, if you're wondering where it is, it's just about center if you need to find it. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, go to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And I will put sinews on you and Make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked and beheld Sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe the breath on these slain, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. The first thing that I will tell you is if the world is naturally wanting to sleep and it is asleep at the wheel today, it is because the church is spiritually asleep at the wheel. Say, oh, Pastor Brian, come on. Yes, that's truth. And it may be hard for us to hear, but transformational power comes from the Spirit of God that lives in you. If you're wondering what's wrong with the world around you, ask God, am I showing the transformational power of God like I should? Or have I become so conformed and just existing that they don't even see Jesus in me at all? That they see me just as another person walking around, not much power, not much more joy than anyone else, no real purpose in life. In fact, I'm just as driven in my job as they are. I'm just as consumed with acquiring more as they are. 
I'm just as obsessed with all the rest of the stuff in the world as they are. Oh, Pastor Brian, I can't believe you're headed here. See, before people will ever want to get up naturally and be in the house of God, there has to be the Spirit of God and breath in His church that makes them desire to get up. And until they see the Spirit of God in power, why would they come? We have run every gimmick. We have run every, everything we can. It's time we call upon the name of the Lord. So the first thing that I would say is this. Listen, look what it says. The hand of the Lord, it starts off, and I want to point out to you that in the very first four verses, he uses the word, the hand of the Lord, the Spirit was on me. And I say to us, that is God's plan for transformational power. It is in you, it is in I. The Spirit of God lives in us. He lives in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Hallelujah. There is no mountain that he can't move. There is no trouble that he can't overcome. The only thing that we need to do is say, Lord, let your power be loosed on me and in me. That your power may be seen, Lord. We desperately need guidance from the Spirit. Listen to what it says. It says, by the Spirit... The Lord set me down in the middle of the valley. It's time that the church not complain about the sin that's around them and start doing something about it. We have heard, I've heard sometimes so hateful, so cynical things about how I just want to be out of this place. I don't even like these people. That's not Jesus. Jesus is not willing that one of those that is lost should perish. It doesn't matter how great the sin or how ugly the sin has marred their life. They're a person that Jesus loves. And we need to be saying, Lord, you haven't called me out of here until you call me. Some of us have checked out years ago. Whether Jesus came or not, we're sitting until he comes. But God has said, no, I've given you the Spirit for a reason. And I've set you right in the valley of the middle of the dry bones. So that you can speak to them. So that you can breathe the breath that has been breathed in you. Unless 
the Holy Spirit does a work in the church. And I'm meaning my heart, your heart, the church. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how well or sophisticated or intelligent we think we can do church, it's void and null. It means nothing without the Spirit of God. If the Spirit isn't there, there's nothing. There is no life. Listen to what the Scripture says. It says that they all came together, but there was no breath in them. Sometimes I think as we gather and we're here, I say, Lord, where's the breath of the Spirit on your church? We're Pentecostal. And we think sometimes, please hear my heart. I am not for the emotional or the weird just to be emotional and weird. That is not of God. What I desire is a true move of His Spirit in power where the Spirit of God comes and delivers and saves and moves mountains and brings healing and moves in people's lives and moves and transforms the community, the city, because the power of God fell. And that can happen when we will let the Spirit work in us. When the Spirit of God is loosed in us, anything's possible. When the Holy Spirit is available and ready and we say, Lord, I'm a yielded vessel, watch out. He's able. And God doesn't look for perfect vessels. Can I say that to you? God is aware of your failures and your sins. You keep your eye on the cross. You thank God for the blood. Don't turn your back. Continue following him. He will give you victory. Wow, I need a lot more time this morning. All right. I know... This scripture's an old one. It's one we probably don't hear a lot. But it never says in the word of God that if those who do not know the Lord would just get their act together that Jesus would really move. It does not say anywhere in the word of God that if sinners would just clean themselves up the world would be a better place. It doesn't say anywhere in the world in the Word that the world is going to get better to the point that Jesus returns. What does the Word of God say? It says, And my people who are called by my name. 
Now, I understand that's an Old Testament scripture. I understand that Jesus or that God was dealing with Israel, but it is absolutely applicable to us as believers. You are the church. We're the church. We are the people of God. In Peter, he says, you are a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you are called out for the praise of him. So that you would be a witness. And so it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. When will the Spirit of God fall on America again? When His church falls on their face. When will miracles happen again in the church in America? When we as a church fall on our face before God and cry out and say, God, we don't need a program. We don't need anything. We need the Holy Spirit presence of God because nothing else is going to cut it. Nothing else will cut it. Then it says, I'll hear from heaven. Listen to this. When we humble and pray and seek God's face, and we turn from our wicked ways. Holiness is still vogue with God. Holiness is still in vogue. That means it's still something God wants us to do. It doesn't mean you try to be better than anybody else. It means the things of the world fall off you when you follow Jesus. All of a sudden, I wouldn't touch alcohol. I wouldn't touch drugs. Why? Because I've got the Holy Spirit. Why have an imitation when you can have the real thing? Hallelujah. There's not a drug in this world that can touch His presence. Praise the Lord. So this is also what the word says. Because you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. I will tell you, this is me personally. I cannot do anything apart from the Spirit of God that lives in me. I am not capable enough or smart enough or have enough technology to save anyone. I am wholly dependent on the Spirit of God speaking to me what to do at the moment. And when we have become so intelligent that we say, you know, the Holy Spirit really just doesn't need to be a part of our services. I can't do it. I'm speaking about me personally. God has not equipped me as a pastor to do that because my flesh will surely fail. But the Spirit of God knows what brings life. 
The Spirit of God knows what it's going to take. He knows what needs to happen to save your family. He knows what needs to happen to move upon this city and Washougal too and Vancouver too. He knows what it takes for people to come to Him. Yes, we need to be wise. Yes, we need to use technology. But void of the Spirit of God, it's empty. We cannot say we have become rich and wealthy. We have need of nothing. And the scripture says you don't even realize you're miserable, poor and blind and naked. How long can the church continue to just be the church and be totally ineffective in the world as far as the power of sin? as long as we think we're intelligent enough to do it without of His Spirit. I'm telling you, the time for another gimmick is gone. The only thing that will change and make a difference is the Spirit of God. The only thing that is going to amount to anything is for us to call on God and say, God, give me wisdom, wisdom in my family, wisdom in my workplace, to know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, all of those things. But it means I have to empty myself of my pride, my intelligence. You say, well, pastor, he's going to make me dumb? No. It means if you're relying on that, you need to humble yourself. Because God's not going to win the world unless you're obedient and humble yourself and rely on His Spirit. We're talking about people being asleep. The only way that they will be awakened is spiritually awakened. Yes, I know physically they're saying, I want to sleep in. But if they had the power of the Spirit of God, they would come. And that's why we need to, by the way, be outside these walls. In the community. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I hope you are all under the influence. And I hope it's the Holy Spirit of God in you. Praise the Lord. All right. The second thing. Listen to what it says here in verse number three. Or verse number two. And he caused me to pass among them and around about them. As I said before, there's, there is no way that we are going to that we are going to reach those asleep by hate by anger, by saying, well, by, by, by the way, by condemnation or manipulating them to make them feel guilty. I'm telling you, uh, the world is not going to be moved by these things. The world will not be moved by us laying a guilt trip on them for not being in church. They're not going to be moved by us hating them because of their sin or because of anything else. They're not going to be moved because we think that we are somehow servants of God and they are less. They're going to be moved 
when we recognize they're lost and desperately need Jesus like I did. God, I was just as lost as they are. I am no different apart from you than they are. And what it means is we're going to have to believe the Word of God. You say, Pastor, you go back to these basic things. Yes, because I keep reading them in the basic book. I've looked for other things, but I keep coming back to those things over and over and over again. Because that's what needs to happen. Yes, we did advocate in the 1960s when we rolled over on prayer. Yes, we did advocate when we rolled over on Roe v. Wade. And we have been advocating ever since to the point where sports is even now played on Sunday morning without batting an eye. Because who goes to church after all? Oh, pastor, now you're walking on sacred cows. I am not telling you church will save you. I am not telling you you're a bad person if you happen to play a sport on Sunday. What I'm telling you is we're, we are culturally been lulled to sleep at the wheel at the church. But we will never reach them with anger. But I will tell you this, if we speak to them anything other than the Word of God, it won't make a difference. Turn with me to Zechariah. In fact, I'll put it up there for you. But turn there with me. Zechariah 4.7. You say, Pastor, this mountain is so great. I mean, have, didn't you read the statistics? Literally 45% of people in Portland, it is the most unchurched place in the nation. We beat Seattle. Seattle is not even in the picture. 45% have no affiliation with God at all. None. Almost half. And again, I say to you, how are we going to do this? This is a mountain. God has placed us. I believe with all my heart uniquely in this spot. Of all the chances you could have been born at any other time, God allowed you to be born right now. God's got a plan for you and I. Of all the other time in history that we could have been born, it's right now at this crucial juncture where people need to hear not a good story, not our good thoughts. They need to hear the word of the Lord. How will the mountain be removed? It says, what are you, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. He will bring forth the top stone with shouts. And I love this translation because if you look in the Hebrew, it literally means grace. So I'm not telling you if you have another translation, it's wrong. I'm telling you 
this translation got the literal part of this. It literally means to shouts of grace, grace. The only way the world is going to change is if we present grace. Jesus is grace, and Jesus is the Word of God. Now, I'm not telling you we don't need to be uh, wise in how we present it. Please don't stand on the corner hating people. That will not bring people to Jesus. You may be full of zeal, but the book of Proverbs says zeal without knowledge is not good. So we don't need to stand on the corner and tell people they're going to hell. We simply need to tell them the truth of the Word of God and look for an opportunity to do it. Which again brings us to the first point we preached about. If you're not out and in the world and have an influence among those dry bones, why would they listen to you? If your God is so weak and puny that it's made no difference in your life, you're not even excited about it, why would I call on the name of your God? Give us men and women like Elijah who says, you call on the name of your God. You go ahead and call on him. I'll call on the name of Jehovah. And we'll see who answers by fire. Praise God. He is the God who answers by fire. He will give people that fire they're wanting. But unless we in love present the word of God, we're powerless. Listen in verse number four. It says, hear what? My words? Come here. Does it say that in four? Come here, the preaching at North Lake. No, come here, our wonderful words at North Lake. No, what does it say? Hear the word of the Lord. The only thing that's going to bring them to life, the only thing that will wake them out of their spiritual slumber is the word of God. The only thing that has power. Turn with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. I don't have this one up here. I put it up there, but turn there. Listen to what, this is why we need, this is why I believe as we read there, he didn't say, say unto them, hear my words, or hear these good righteous words. He said, hear the word of the Lord. It says, the word of God, verse number 12, is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and piercing as far as the dividing, here we go, of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Guys, the only thing that's going to reach our nation again is the Word of God. And if we don't value the Word of God in the church enough to read it and saturate our lives with it, why would they? And I want to encourage you, 
This is why you need to study. This is why you need to get in the Word because you are the Word of God to people. You need to be ready in season and out of season. You don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to stand on a platform. God's given you a platform of influence right where you are. Whomever that sphere of influence is, you say, well, I'm scared. I know, I am too, but let the Holy Spirit quicken you. You say, well, I don't know what to say. I know, I've been there, but pray and the Holy Spirit at the moment will give you the Word of God to say. You place the smallest amount of the Word of God in your heart and God will bring it to your remembrance. That's a promise of the Word. God promises you place the Word of God in your heart, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance at your time of need. So it's the power of the Word that's going to get the job done. That's why we need to absolutely ingest all of this. We need to be Monday through Saturday night when we get the opportunity, saturating ourselves. You want your family, your home, your community changed? Saturate yourself with the Word of God. All right. So we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Word of God. What is it going to take for people to have spiritual awakening? Pastor, what is it going to take for people to have that moment where they literally, whether it's physically or in their heart, have that jump up and down scream moment with God? It's going to be when we are willing to be obedient. See, God's not looking for a program. God's not looking for one more gadget. God's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a person. He's looking for a lady, a boy, a girl. He's looking for someone. Doesn't matter whether you're four years old or 400. If you're an obedient vessel, God will bring spiritual awakening in people through you if you'll be obedient. So we can have the Holy Spirit and do. We can have the Word of God and we do. But if we don't link it with obedience, it still means nothing. We can have all of that. We can be excited and talk about God's Word and God's uh, power and the power of the Word. But then if we go and leave this place and we become tight-lipped as a clam... Nothing will happen. It says in the scripture, let the redeemed of the Lord say what? So. That means let your testimony be out there. It doesn't mean be obnoxious. I've covered that. Don't stand and yell. It means be ready to give the word out. Be ready to show the power of God that's working in you. Be ready.
ready. You say, well, pastor, God doesn't work in my life that way. Well, get on your face before God and say, God, give me a miracle so I can share with people. You really believe God will do it? Yes. And I believe God will know whether it's genuine or not either. Because God wants it to be genuine. People that want God to do something in their life for their own personal reasons, the Word of God in James says you'll not receive anything. So God knows. The other thing is, guys, how or why would those who aren't connected with Jesus come to church and wake themselves up if we can't be obedient to do it? (sighs) Boy, I know I'm walking on toes, but when we can't drag our physical body out of bed to feed our spirits, Why would someone who doesn't have the Spirit do it? Wow, Pastor, you're you're just being cruel. No, I don't want to be, but I do want to be truthful. And I'm telling you, this message is burning in my heart from God. I ran all week saying, God, find another pastor, not me. And God kept saying, are you going to be obedient? You going to be obedient? See, that's what it is. God doesn't, God just needs us to be obedient. So that's really what needs to happen. For breath to come in, listen, it says, so I prophesied, verse 7, As I was commanded. There is power when we, through the Spirit and the Word, simply be obedient. God is simply wanting us to be obedient. Be obedient in your family. Then it says again, in verse number 9, He said to me, Because, listen, all the bones came together. All the sinews were on them. The flesh grew. The skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. What good is it to have an auditorium of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000? You can go up from there. If there is no reality and power of God there. You say, you say Brian, ha, what, what are you equating? I'm saying transformational power. I'm saying people being saved, miracles, not false, phony things. I mean miracles, confirmed by Dr. Miracle. I'm talking about mayors, presidents, moved by the power of God to where they come to salvation. Ah, now you're just talking pipe dream. No, I read about it page after page. Every page I turn, I read about the power of God if we simply will humble ourselves and say, yes, Lord, do it in me. 
Yes, Lord, it's, it's not for someone else. This message is not for the person ahead of you, behind you, or to the side of you. This message is for all of us. It's for us. It's for us to say, Lord, if we are really to see them come alive and stop sleeping spiritually, because I, I know, well, Pastor, you're talking about them, though, sleeping physically, yes. But I believe so many times our physical is connected because of spiritual condition. And that's biblical. We suffer physically because we're not where we need to be spiritually. And so, are we going to see them awake? I believe we will if we'll rely on the Spirit of God. You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't get... I don't feel him. I, I, don't, I don't get it like you do. Then I'm going to call you to come and cry out to God. You say, how long? How desperate do you want to be? As long as you're willing to go somewhere else, God will let you. Until we get desperate, God will let things go the way they are. You say, how bad will it get? as bad as it needs to be. You say, oh, now you're being a doom and gloom. No, I'm not. I'm optimistic. Because I know what? Whatever God allows, when or whatever happens, God does it for the purpose of people being pulled to Him. And I want to be ready to give them the Word and give them the Spirit when they come. But I say to us who have already received the Lord and know I'm speaking to myself. It's easy to get comfortable. It, it is. We're blessed in this country. We have every comfort we could ever want. But sometimes those very things lull us to sleep spiritually. And we just say, ah, there's tomorrow. Minada, minada. Tomorrow. And the problem is, is tomorrow never comes. Today is the tomorrow you thought about yesterday. It never comes unless you say, God, it means I have to get desperate enough to, number one, cry out to you and say, God, we need your spirit. We need to be in your word. It means I need to turn something off. It's not our televisions anymore. It's usually our phones. That tells us something, doesn't it, how the world's changed? But, but the point is connect with God. Connect with Him. You want change in your family? How desperate are you calling to God? Or is it just, ah, oh, God, if you change it, it'd be nice, but I'm going to continue just meandering around. I don't see God move until we get desperate. You say, why does God do that? Because God does not going to, is not going to let one person stand in glory in His presence. God puts us in a place where until we call on Him and we know when He moves, that was God. Elijah did it to the point of saturating the, the sacrifice with barrels of water till it filled the trench. There was no way Elijah could have been a part of that. 
it was only God. You say, well, pastor, you're wanting us to be in a desperate situation. No, we are in a desperate situation. And I pray we wake up. Because if we don't, I read that God will allow whatever needs to happen in order for His people to turn. He will, because He loves you and I. And He loves every person that is represented, and it's not just the number of chairs we have here, but it represents a life that needs Jesus. Bow your head with me. Could I have the worship team come back?